0: Welcome to
1: Real Estate Fight Club. This is a series called Better Call Saul where we discuss what is currently possible and if it were impossible, what is currently impossible that if it were possible would fundamentally change the way that we do business as real estate agents. On today's episode, we are going to do an update on the buyer broker commission lawsuits. And here with me today is my co-host Rachel Real, broker owner of Rachel Real Estate in Chicago. She's been an agent for over 18 years, has been on the Pro Standards Committee for eight of those years, currently serving as the 3 times past chair. She is passionately nerdy about all things real estate, especially those rules.
0: Right, Rachel? I am. Morning, guys. How are you? Morning. Morning. With us today, too, we have Saul Klein, and Saul is the godfather of real estate technology. Saul has been licensed to sell real estate for over 47 years. He was an original team member of Realtor.com and the creator of NAR's technology certification we know as EPRO. Saul was personally responsible for the first 500,000 listings to be displayed to the public on realtor.com, spearheading listing syndication, which is the distribution of your listings to the consumer over the internet. Welcome today, and let's dive into the topic. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about the update to the moral and censor Burnett lawsuits uh, that are filed against NAR and how it affects the real estate industry in general, as well as our buyer broker compensation, and our buyer-broker agreements. So so Saul, give us a, a recap on where we're at.
2: Well, let's put it in the context of what's currently possible, what's currently impossible. Right. There you go. Right. What's currently possible is you can work with a buyer and you can present offers on a property and you can be compensated. And as a matter of fact, because of the nature of the structure of MLS, which is an offer of compensation, you don't even worry too much about it. You just go ahead and do your duty and you present the offer and you're pretty much assured that you're going to get paid in some range. Now, you, that's where the question is, what range? But we know consistently for years it's fallen within a certain range. And so what was has is currently possible is little thought going into the compensation that you will be given if you participate in a multiple listing service. And so the question then is, what if it weren't that easy
1: as a buyer?
2: On the buyer side, what if now you it wasn't an automatic where you got compensated? Right. Because what if the MLS rules changed and the MLS no longer was an offer of compensation? And a lot of people might say, oh, that'll never happen. Oh, I'm worth my money. Oh, I know that oh I my can.
0: God, it's happening. Time out because it's happening.
2: <laughs> but the fact <laughs> it's is happening. it's happening and, and right. we can put cases out in front of people to show them it's happening. They're still in denial.
0: They're in denial. Yeah.
2: Right.
1: Uh, So there was something that just came down recently where it's a proposed uh, settlement. Yes. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah. So first of all, we had the Sitzer and Mueller, which are civil cases. Mm -hmm. And they're saying that sellers spent millions of dollars more than they needed to because they were forced to offer compensation to buyer's agents and they shouldn't be. And those cases have been certified as class action and they're moving forward. And people are telling us that they're billion dollar possible damages. And Sitzer, Rachel, you said October, they're looking at that going to trial. And next year, they're looking at smaller, which is a bigger case going to trial. And then the DOJ is saying to NAR, the Department of Justice to the National Association of Realtors, that that buyer compensation club, broker compensation that offers the commission to buyer brokers, that that really is antitrust. And that's really costing a lot of money. So the DOJ is going after NAR. And then we've got these civil cases, and so Friday though we saw where a large MLS in New England, in the New England area, MLS Pin Property Information Network, huge. Matter of fact, I did the first strategic facilitated the first strategic plan for MLS Pin, and nice. I don't remember the year, but it was a long time ago. <laughs> and it's a you know great, very successful MLS. They've been involved. They've been sued. Same idea that. The right. sellers were paying compensation. They're kind of forced into it. They didn't know to buyer brokers.
0: And well, I think the, and part of that too is they were forced into it and they also didn't have an opportunity to negotiate it. They were just kind of flat out told, this is what we're paying. But
1: doesn't that depend that's, that's on, it. I mean, I don't know if that's actually like true. Is I it- think, well, that's a
2: whole nother issue. Right. Okay. right. So now we're talking about the degree of disclosure And the amount, and there's actually a term for informed consent. Sure. Right. I mean, that's a whole. We've thought
1: about this before.
2: Right. But but here's the, here's the issue that happened on Friday was that big MLS agreed to pay $3 million in a settlement with plaintiffs, $3 million in their class action. And most people didn't even know. MLS PIN was involved in this. We're all focused right. on Sitzer and moeller and the DOJ and the right. and, right. and then we read $3 million settlement, even though they're saying they didn't do anything wrong and this is not precedent, a $3 million, $3 million is a that's, significant that's amount of money.
0: Right? Yeah, but if right. I'm them,
1: I'm thinking, look, even if I, even if me, as the, if I didn't do anything wrong, we don't believe that we did anything wrong as the MLS. We believe there was informed consent. I'm still settling and thanking my lucky stars that I can get with $3 million settlement. Because if I believe that the perception is that there's something wrong here and that right. that's going to Could be pass, far higher, it's going to be what exactly way more than $3 million. It's and I damage want to make sure control that, at that point. Exactly. You're mitigating your liability. So I want to make sure that people understand why this matters. This matters because most agents are buyer's agents. I mean, a lot of people are, and that's how they make their money, but they're not getting buyer agreements, even though Rachel and I tell you to all the time, you're not getting a buyer agreement, but if the MLS, so talk more about like the settlement, $3 million and what do they have to do or not have to do? Yeah,
2: so here, a so $3 million settlement of which about a million, almost a little less than about 1.4 million is going to go to pay fees and costs and attorneys. But the other 1.6 million is going to go into a settlement fund to fund the cases against the other defendants. Hmm. And the other defendants are those big brokerage entities, I've got the list here, Anywhere Real Estate, which is Realogy, Century 21 Real Estate, Coal Banker Real Estate, Sotheby's, Better Homes, ERA, Home Services, BHH, Remax, Keller Williams—these are big entities, these and now
0: the, and these are all the big ones, big, big, and, the big right. players.
2: So three million, the MLS puts up the money. It's kind of interesting because that money is going to be used to go against the customers,
0: right? <laughs> customers of the
2: MLS, right? Uh-huh. You got to think they talked about this at the MLS level and agreed, and the, oh, the, for the, sure, the, right? And this is the best way to do it. Now the, the other defendants are on their own. So three million dollars settlement. One point six million dollars going into a fund to help fund, and MLS Pin is going to cooperate with right. the plaintiffs on this. So that's a big deal, right? Now, how will but it? And change?
1: also, yeah, and also now, how will that in the MLS when you're the listing agent and you're entering in the listing, is it now no longer an offer of compensation, or what changes there?
2: So here's what the settlement is right? So there's a kind of injunctive relief, Rachel, is that what they call it? Number one, it stops this antitrust practice or what they're calling it. It stops that. And then there's these monetary damages. So the, the injunctive relief is, number one, eliminating the requirement that a seller must offer compensation to a buyer broker. What we've seen across the country is, first of all, it was $1. Only have to offer. And then they said "Oh, you could offer still an offer of compensation, but it's zero. Now, what this settlement is saying, it's eliminating the requirement that is so in their documentation somewhere, their MLS has to eliminate this requirement for anything. Not just Does
1: that in and of itself, eliminate the MLS because the MLS was built as an offer of compensation. Yes.
0: No, I don't think it 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 wasn't originally built that way, though. It it was was originally built. It was originally built just as a marketing tool so that you could get your listings out to the other membership.
2: Yeah, it was originally set up, but I said originally. Originally it was marketing, but it evolved and it probably didn't right. take long for this to happen into a unilateral offer of subagency, agency And right. it remained a unilateral offer of subagency until about 1992. And everybody right. represented the seller in a real estate right. transaction. That's the way it was. And since you represented the seller, even if you brought in the buyer, you were entitled to a portion of the commission. That's the way right. that it worked, right? Is that you right. were entitled to a portion of the commission because you represented the seller, even though you didn't take the listing because you became a subagent of the listing broker. That right. changed in 1992. They eliminated the sub-agency model. And what came in to replace this, to hold the compensation yep. piece together, was the offer of compensation. And so now what this litigation is saying across the country, and we're talking about this particular case is, that's going to be eliminated from this MLS, right?
1: So as a buyer's agent, and I'm in this MLS, or we see this as the future, right? And there's no offer of compensation for a listing that my buyer client wants to see. And am I expecting my compensation? Am I expecting to negotiate it with the listing agent? So, or is it being negotiated with the seller? Or am I negotiating with the buyer?
2: So this is all going to work out over time. But back to it this depends. case. <laughs> yeah, back to this case. It's going to eliminate the requirement. That doesn't say a seller can't offer, right? A right. Commission. Seller might say, "Oh,
1: commission also can't, is not allowed to be part of the purchase contract." Correct.
2: Well, that's all going to change. So that's so
0: all going to change. Right? Now
2: remember, right. this is a private, what we call a broker-owned MLS. This is not an NAR MLS. Just like Northwest MLS that changed their rules in October of last year. This is a private MLS, so they don't have to abide by the broker compensation clause. They can just eliminate it. Other MLSs can't just eliminate it if they follow the NAR model, not until NAR eliminates it. So what they've done is they've said in this case, and still the mechanisms are going to take a while for people to get used to. Number one, it's eliminated. It doesn't mean that the seller can't. Now, if you're the seller, you might say, hey, I want you to put it in the MLS. I want to offer zero. And let's see what the market does. I'm not going to offer any compensation right. to a buyer broker. Let's just see what shakes out here. Right. So, when the agent who is tra- taking the listing, number one, no requirement that the seller pay anything. And then, number two, this settlement requires the broker for the seller to provide notice to the seller that A, the seller is not required to offer compensation. You have to tell them, you have to give them notice. Now, you have to, no, that you're it's not required, required to pay a buyer.
0: No, no you don't not re- really no, have It's to not say that. Necessarily required now. If you go back to look at all of the, what is it? What's the 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 company Rex that had all the required, yeah. the, the, over 700 phone calls that were listened in on, and the, that was fodder for the whole for the lawsuit mm-hmm. anyway, because these these sellers were offering no buyer agency compensation to the buyer representative. So if you saw if saw a listing down the street and called me as his broker. I called Rex and said, hey, I'm interested in showing this property. What is the compensation? And they said, well, we don't pay, but a seller doesn't pay any buyer compensation whatsoever. And then you had 700 phone calls where the buyer's agents were saying things like, well, then I'm just not going to show it. You have to pay it. It was a whole litany of answers, all of which were inappropriate. And most, So that's part of the and problem. And most agents don't even
2: understand how this works. And when they go in and take a list, no, they, they don't. don't say that. They say, I'm going to charge you 6%. No. And they may or may not say, hey, I'm going to share that commission with them. They may or may not. Right. And I would bet that, right. that pretty much most people in the industry that take listings don't present this to a seller in a way that they can make an informed choice. You know
1: what? This is a case for blowing the whole thing up yes. and starting over. Well, that's kind of what's happening. We're just being forced. Right.
2: <laughs> so again, back to this injunctive relief. Number one, they're saying in this MLS there You don't, sellers, you don't have to pay and right. you can, but you don't have to. And, and anymore. agents, you have to tell the seller, you have to make it clear to them, A, that's not required to offer compensation to a buyer broker. And if the buyer broker requests compensation from the seller, the seller can decline. Right. So you have to, you have to disclose this to the, you say, okay, now I'm going to hear you're going to pay me a commission. And you don't have to offer commission to the buyer agent. And if the buyer agent asks for a commission, you don't have to accept it. You can decline. But if
1: you're like, if I'm looking, now I only have access to like our, a handful of purchase contracts. But when I look at them, it's like in all the contracts that I've seen, the listing contracts, it is laid out there.
0: It is now. like Our our MLS here came out with a new list or our board came out with a new listing agreement maybe two months ago that break, broke down the commission section of the listing agreement from this much of a page to three quarters of a page. And right. now it lists out every last thing and it forces that disclosure and conversation between the listing agent and the seller to explain every single scenario that could possibly come up and how are we going to address it. If there's no, and I, and there's an unrepresented be. buyer, if there's a buyer with an agent, if there's a dual agency, if there's, I mean, you name it, they cover it.
1: So if I'm a line. seller, I'm going to be like, I'm not... What is the benefit of me offering this compensation? Like, why would I do that?
0: And the, the appropriate answer to that would be that Mr. and Mrs. Seller, buyers don't necessarily have a whole lot of extra money sitting around to pay their buyer agent. So they may ask for you to cover part of that expense. And it's up to you whether or not you want to do that.
2: So, and, and even this, and you're right, Rachel. Now they've expanded what they've done is given agents more tools to explain to sell. Perfect. And when I was selling real estate. You still have you put in. I'm going to charge you a six percent commission. I'm going to have three percent listing agent, three percent selling agent, which we call the buyer's agent. Selling agent three percent. Right. And most people kind of would ride over that. There was no great definition as to why that took place and why no. that way it was right. It was the way it worked. About, about as
0: quick
2: out, as that. If you want to the people to show you to show the property, we got to offer them something. And so I'm going to take three percent to be the listing agent, and I'm going to offer three percent to the person who brings in a buyer. And that's the way it is. And now they're saying, no compensation in this particular case. But remember, there are other cases that want to drive this clause out of the NAR model as well. Right. Right. To make the compensation paid to a buyer's agent voluntary and informed by the seller. And the belief is this will save sellers and real estate consumers millions of dollars and the case, so that means what? Somebody's going to get less commission. It's yeah, over, I don't know that dollars. it would
1: necessarily save consumers. Depends on which consumer you are, right? But, but theoretically, is. the seller's not going to accept an offer that financially doesn't make sense to them, right? So maybe now they would accept something lower if they're not if they're paying less commission.
2: Well, now here's what happens in this particular case. If so, let's say the Listing agent says they want three, and the seller says, I'll offer the buyer agent one. Mm-hmm. Right. The buyer agent okay. can, they can encounter, they can include that in the offer and yep. say, I want three, in which case their offer is dead because they just countered the offer. Right. So they basically right. refuted that offer and the seller doesn't have to accept it. And then at that point, that commission to the buyer's agent becomes negotiated between the parties, right. Between the seller, between the buyer, between the buyer's agent, and between the seller's agent.
0: Right. Or you're going to well, see we, a lot more requests for buyers coming in with their offers asking for closing cost credit for their closing costs, of which their buyer agent compensation is considered a closing well, cost. Yeah, and now it makes so more gonna sense. So they're going to use the contract for that.
2: It makes more sense. And that's going to make buyer, it the
0: easiest way to do it.
2: Yeah, well, if you had a buyer agent contract, now you say, here's what I'm going to charge you. I'm going to charge you 3%. In some cases, the seller might pay. If the seller pays 1%, then I'll ask you, the buyer, to pay me the other 2%. And you put that right. in a buyer broker agreement, Right.
0: Exactly, exactly. So then this it is becomes, also going to I mean, force, force buyer agents to use the buyer agency agreement, which we've been trying right. to get people to use for a very long time. Yep.
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: So it's a bit, I think it's big news. I think an MLS agreeing to Absolutely. pay $3 million is a big deal. And while other people don't right. think it will change the industry at all, 100% will. I think, I think change doesn't happen yes. all at once. Change bubbles along. It changes, right. it changes, it changes like your kids growing up. You don't really notice don't that they're it. growing up. All of a sudden <laughs> they're grown up, right? And so it takes time and all of these things are moving. Yeah. And someday everybody's going to wake up and there's going to be a different model. Yep. Right. And now they bring into this, maybe buyers are going to now start to think with artificial intelligence, why do I even need, I don't need fiduciary representation. Right. I don't right. need it. I don't want it. I'm not going to pay for it. And you know what? Prior to 1992, they didn't.
0: Right, right. I know. And, I mean, and they do listing agreements cover unrepresented buyers too, because we're seeing more of it. And we're already seeing in our market, in our MLS too, if I pull up a report that says here, because if I have a conversation with a seller and if we're listing their property and I say, what do you want to pay the buyer agent? And I said, well, what am I, what's, what's standard? Well, there is no standard. Why don't we look at everything that's on the market right now and what, by, what sellers are paying out to buyer brokers? Right. And you know, you used to have a pretty consistent number throughout that whole list, and now there's there's that variety is growing. Every time I pull that report up, you have a wider variety of numbers being being offered there too. So it, it's happening. Well, and, but I think you there's a lot of agents that are just. I had an agent text me the other day and say, "What's up with these lawsuits? I don't know what's going yeah. on." And I was like, and "Here's oh, another no thing, Rachel, somebody, when, you know, and
2: Jennifer. When the market is good, right? When you can put a sign on the property or just expose it, and you got." a bunch of offers multiple offers on it
0: right right
2: and the seller is not going to be inclined to say i'm willing to pay right. a commission to a buyer Absolutely. why would they
0: right it's very interesting because like, i've had this conversation with several sellers between the time our new listing agreement came out and now been a couple of months and the there's no rhyme or reason as to which way somebody's going to go with that conversation i had one say well why would i offer to pay them anything i don't have to so I can stick my sign in, you can stick your sign in the ground and we'll, we'll have a buyer. It's not a problem. And then I have other ones going, wait a minute, why would I pay that you? And why would I pay them any less than I'm paying you? So it, I think it's very much a personal thing. And it's, it's based on the individual seller. So I, I haven't found anything consistent yet with regard to the response of the seller from that conversation. Well, but it yeah, is an interesting conversation yeah, I, I think because was, all of them finish the conversation with, Jesus, why do we have to spend 20 minutes talking about this?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, <but>, <laughs> the missions are significant. Yeah, t- exactly. You know, you take three percent of a half a million bucks, you're talking real money. Right. And if right. a seller, if you can if a seller has an opportunity to save 15 grand,
1: and you bet they're gonna do it. I take it, yeah. Exactly. Well, Absolutely. these lawsuits, there's always updates, there's always things changing. So if people want to stay updated on this, what resources can they check out?
2: Yeah, they can come see us on Facebook, Real Talk, or they can. Try to find me on Facebook or we have a blog, the The data, or you can send me an email, Saul at bettercallsaul.realtor, and I'll get back to you.
1: Nice. And then, Rachel, if people have a referral for you in Chicago, what's the best way to get hold of
0: you? The best way to reach me is by cell phone at 630 542 8688 or via email at rreal at dealwithreal.com.
1: Awesome. And if you're a real estate agent and you're looking to partner with Monica and I to help grow your business, or you're looking to join eXp, give me a call or a text at 513-400-1691. All right, thanks guys.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Fight Club podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get updates when new episodes are available. And we truly love feedback and would appreciate all likes, reviews, and suggestions for future topics.